Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. Well, today, uh, for our study here, um, we're going to finish off the message series that we have been going through the last couple of weeks called Greater Reward. This message series has really been about um, looking at what is it that God has for us, you know, in in the areas of our lives um, and choosing what we want most over what we want now. That's kind of the idea. We talked about um, willpower and how it's not enough. We talked about how our identity needs to be rooted in Christ, and we're really training to become what God says we are as opposed to trying, right? That was last week, training instead of trying. And that's been, I've been putting a lot of thought into that uh, this week, actually, myself, and hopefully you guys have been as well, this idea of of the things that we want in life, the things that God wants for us, a healthy lifestyle, a healthy marriage, or healthy finances, healthy work life, um, healthy relationships to other people, a healthy relationship with God, like all of these things that he has for us, desires for us, how do we get there? And it really spoke to me, this concept of training versus trying, because to be honest, in a lot of um, a struggle of mine over the course of my life has been discipline. I am not an overly disciplined person. A lot of the times I've been able to get up, get by with my own talent or my own intellect. I'm a pretty smart guy. There are certainly smarter people, um, but in school, you know, I was always able to kind of put minimal effort and get, you know, really good results. The older I get, the less that becomes um, an, an ability to do so. Life is too hard. Life is too complex. Um, and the challenges of life outside of education, uh, if you will, um, are things that really take consistency and discipline. And so today, really what we're going to talk about is capping this whole thing off. And it has a lot to do with consistency, but it also has to do with what I like to call God's economy. Um, The kingdom of God is not something that is weird. We talk a lot about it um, in in the Bible, and and then we talk about it as Christians, the kingdom of God, because it feels foreign to us because we don't live in it, right? We live in the kingdom of this earth which is what we were born into. It's all we really know. And so the kingdom of God breaking into the world is really kind of overriding the dominion of this earth. Right. But the the thing that we, that it really was like a, like an eye opener for me is that all of the laws of God's kingdom, God's economy, right. um, The way that God operates and the way that he does that is not actually anything new. It is a return to what God created the world to be like. And I don't know, maybe it won't be as profound to you as as it was to me, but every element of God's kingdom, how it operates, when God gives a command and something, when you are obedient and the result of that, the blessing or the outcome or the result of that, that we consider that to be a special thing or a blessing. But the reality is, is that when all things are restored, what we see as part of God's kingdom is the norm. And actually what we have in the world, the greed and the corruption and and the sinful nature, all of that is corruption of God's established order. And so when we sow, we'll use that word a lot today, when we sow into God's kingdom as it expands, it's actually the return of God's kingdom and God's order. The, the, The return to what is and what was originally created. We're actually kind of cleaning the world as opposed to replacing 
it was something else. It's such interesting. That really changed me. And so today is really about is really about if we want to become the people that God wants us to be, how do we do that? How do we get there? And it has to do with tapping into one of the laws that God has given us. Before we do, I want to just kind of ask this question. Have you ever looked at like successful people, whether it be a celebrity or maybe a leader or even someone in your life who is who appears to have least in one area, even if it's not every area, but one area that you desire and you look at them and you're tempted to think, man, that person is just so lucky. How do they get there? Right? Like, I know that I've felt that, you know, maybe they're born into the right family. You feel like they've been, you know, if I was just born into that family, maybe it wouldn't be like that or they caught a lucky break. Right? Um, What I want to say is while there is certainly truth in that, you know, so I want to be sensitive to the idea of privilege, okay, because when we're talking about, um, you know, classes, class systems, and things of that nature, that there is something certainly to be said for the privilege that one person has uh, over another because of unfair advantages, like the way our society is structured, right, so skin tone, or perhaps so the class that you're born into, those kinds of things. I'm not so much talking though about celebritydom, okay? So, so let's just kind of like push that out of the way or even like classism. But like, let's take it maybe down to maybe our level of, I mean, look at those, look at that person over there and look at the relationship they have with their husband or the wife. I want that. And man, it just seems like it's so easy for them or their finances. Like, wow, look at that. Like, man, I just wish that I could like, you know, be out of debt and that I could like have the money to be able to go on a vacation, right? Or, you know, I wish I had a good job, right? Okay, so these things, then we tend to look at people sometimes and just say, like, like they just woke up that way. Man, if I could just, man, it was just right time, I'd be able to get that. But what I would challenge each of us to say today is that is that there's something bigger happening there. I would say they're not lucky. I would say that that they weren't born into the right circumstances in a general sense. What I would say instead is they're consistent. There is consistency that brings success. So much so that I want to say this, okay, before, before we get into a place of where maybe where you're wanting to pick apart maybe what I'm saying, just follow what I'm saying here. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally, okay? Consistency is an intentionality. Like we said last week, the training, okay? The training versus the trying. It's not accidental. Consistently, Consistency takes effort and it takes a desire and it takes a plan. To get out of debt, it's not like one day you wake up and you go, oops, whoa, somehow I woke up this morning and my bank account was full and I just paid off all my debt. It's not like that just happens. It happens by consistently paying off debt over time. It wasn't like one day Heather and I woke up and this is you know where I would say is an area of strength for us. It was like one day like, oh man, look at our marriage. Everybody desires to have a marriage like, like Heather and Jared. It didn't happen that way. In fact, the early years of our marriage, while we thought we had a good marriage, there was a lot of bumps and a lot of rockiness, a lot of argument and learning to work together. It didn't happen overnight. There was consistently working at it, right? 
Like if you look at somebody who who seems like they just have it all together when their relationship with God, it wasn't like you just woke up one day, that person woke up one day and they were like super close to God and they're hearing the voice of God and they're able to like make faith decisions in a split second. No, it was like consistently pursuing God and taking time to intentionally listen to him. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. And I would say it's not even just intentions, because if you've ever heard the phrase where it says the road to hell is paved with good intention, intentionality is important, but good intentions don't get you to where you want to go. Intentions don't determine your direction. Actions do. Intentions don't determine your direction. Actions do. You got to keep doing all the things that you know are going to get you to where you want to go. You got to keep getting better. Keep getting better. Hope doesn't change the future. Habits change the future. And so the life that you want, the life that I want, it's really about, about uh, consistency over time. It's never about the result of a few big lucky decisions. Sometimes there are you know, things and opportunities that come, but generally speaking, okay? Generally speaking, it's consistency. Is that really what it is? And here's what I would say to you guys today. It's the small things, the small things that no one sees that lead to big results that everybody wants, all right? So like, let's not talk about the celebrity. So don't look at Justin Bieber. Don't look at, you know, Scarlett Johansson or Tom Cruise. Like, we're not talking about like Bill Gates, okay? This is not the people that we're trying to look. We're saying, look, think about the people in your life or in your circle, workplace, church, family, the person that you go, man, I just, I just wish that I could be like that in that space. It's the small things that no one sees that leads to the big results that everybody wants. It's the small things. But here's the problem. The small things, every little tiny decisions, they don't make big differences immediately, right? So what happens is we start to make changes in our life. And then, and then we don't see the results quick enough. And then we get discouraged and then we quit. Right. And so the title of today's message is don't give up. Don't give up. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about not giving up. And this is where we're going to see God's economy at play, the economy of God's kingdom and a law that he has put in place. And when we sow into it appropriately, we will reap what we are, what we should get out of it. And I want to show you how this works. Would you guys turn with me to the book of Galatians? Galatians chapter six is where we're going to be reading mostly out of today. We're going to be reading verses seven through nine. And this is the apostle Paul talking to the people in Galatia, which is in Turkey, in the country of Turkey. It was around that area north of Israel and Lebanon, north of both of those. And he says this in verse seven, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation here, Galatians chapter six, that's NLT is the translation if you're using the Bible app uh, to, to switch over translations. Do not be deceived, he says, don't be deceived. And that word deceived means led astray. It actually like it's translated, don't be stupid. Like, you know, he's like, he's like, Look, guys, don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. Don't be foolish. Okay, don't be led astray like a, like a sheep or like a donkey that can just be taken anywhere. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. This is very important, okay, is what he's saying. God 
cannot be mocked. And that phrase is like turning your nose up, like just kind of like snobbiness, like, like thinking that you're better than this. Okay. So what he's about to say to you is like, don't be dumb. Don't be arrogant. Don't think you're smarter than God. Okay. What I'm about to tell you, this is part of God's economy. He set this into place. It is truth. So you'd be better off just like going with the flow of the current rather than trying to swim upstream. Okay. That's what he's saying here. A man reaps what he sows. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, and remember the word flesh here is like we said a few weeks ago, sarks, it's not talking about your skin, it's talking about your nature, right? The, the sinful human nature of us, the flesh is the sin, sinful nature. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Whoever sows from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. A man reaps what he sows. So let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time you will, will, you see that you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Don't be led astray. Don't be stupid. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. This is the law, okay? This is one of the laws of God's kingdom, the concept of sowing and reaping. It's always true. A law is always true. Think about the law of gravity. When gravity is in effect, there is not a single time where if you jump off of a bridge that you will fall up, right? Gravity is a law. It always works. All right. This is the law of God's kingdom. You will reap what you sow, what you plant, you will harvest. Okay. That is a law of God's kingdom. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about three laws or three aspects of the law of sowing and reaping today. Okay. We're going to walk through these things and how it has to do with our lives and don't give up, not giving up. Okay. The first one is this, you reap what you sow, right? So we reap what we sow. The second one is you reap more than you sow. We'll talk a little bit about that. And the third one is you will reap after you sow. So the three aspects of reaping and sowing, or sowing and reaping is you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap after you sow. I want to talk about those this morning as we talk about not giving up. Number one, you reap what you sow. Let me ask you a question. When you plant corn, what are you going to harvest? Certainly not pineapple, right? When you plant corn, you reap corn. When you plant carrots, you get carrots. When you plant a rose bush, you get roses. This is what happens. And the same is true in godly principles and godly habits. When you plant godly habits in your life, you will reap godly outcomes. But the opposite is also true. When you sow into, uh, into bad habits of, of, of impatience or anger or frustration, you will reap the, the side effects of those types of things. We actually see this in scripture in Hosea chapter 10, verse 13, when God is talking to his people and he says, but you have planted wickedness. You have sown it. You have planted wickedness. And so you have reaped evil. 
You know, so think about in our lifestyle, you think about maybe yourself and areas that you feel weak or you're frustrated where you're not getting the harvest that you want out of your life or look at people in your life where you're like, their life is a mess. Look at their habits. Think about that for a second. If you're, you know, late to work on a regular basis, right? If you do a half-hearted effort at work, you've got a bad attitude every day, maybe that might be the reason you didn't get the job promotion. And that's not speaking to a specific person or anything of that nature, but that's just kind of like the way that it works, right? What you plant, you will harvest, right? If I'm sowing seeds of, of lust and I'm like, you know, planting seeds of pornography in my mind, right? I'm using people in relationships, using them as objects. Do you think it's a surprise that you're going to struggle in your relationships with your wife or with your husband or with your loved ones when you see people as objects? right? When you plant that stuff inside of you, right? You're only reaping what you have planted in your life. If I eat everything that I want and I never exercise, right? And I'm just filling myself up with chocolate and with snacks and marshmallows and like fattening foods all the time. And now I've gained 30 pounds. It's not God punishing me. I'm just reaping what I have sown, right? This is the concept here, right? It's not punishment. It's a harvest. It is the result of what I have planted. And so here's what I would say to all of us, to all of us today. If you don't like what you are reaping, change what you're sowing. Think about your life. In the areas of your life, and believe me, this is not me like talking to you as though I have it all figured out. This is me talking in revelation of understanding, looking at God's word, seeing the truth of his word, the laws of his kingdom, and saying, I don't, I don't want to keep, keep harvesting the, the seeds or the, 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 the harvest of my bad habits. Instead, how can I fix that? Okay, through God's help, right? We'll talk a little bit more about how we get there, but if I want to change what I'm reaping, then I need to change what I'm sowing. You will reap what you sow, right? That's law number one. You reap what you sow. The second thing is, is that you will reap more than you sow. We see that throughout scripture all the time. Whatever it is that you sow, whatever it is that you plant, God multiplies it. God multiplies it. In Mark chapter 4, we see the, the, a picture. Jesus is telling a story of a man who is, who is planting seed in, in his garden, right? So he's walking all up and along the paths where he's going to just throw seed. He has this bag of seed next to him, and he grabs his, the bag, his fistful, and he just tosses the seed uh, on, on the ground, right? And, and Jesus goes on to describe certain kinds of soil. Some of the soil has been tilled up, and it's got nice soil. It's been composted, and it's really fresh. And then there's other parts where the edges of the field are kind of like rocky, or it's got like a bush and thorns and stuff like that. And he starts throwing the seed all over the place, right? And what does it say in Mark chapter 4, verse 20? It says, and the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word, and it produces a harvest of not just, like, not just you planted one seed, you got one plant. It produced a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted, right? Think about when you plant something. When you plant a seed, it grows and multiplies into an entire tree, which then produces more fruit, which then gives more seeds for something else to be produced and do it again. Have you ever noticed 
Think about this in regular everyday life, the concept of reaping more than you sow, that God multiplies what you plant, right? If, have you ever noticed how when you walk into the room and you smile at somebody, what happens? Oftentimes you get smiles back from people. It can change the way a room feels, right? If you're joking and you're jovial and you're friendly, it can happen. We've seen that happen in, in Heather's workplace. She, she would tell me about how uh, she would go to work every day and her, uh, and her coworkers, one of her coworkers particularly was kind of cold and a little bit har harder to kind of reach. And Heather every day would go in and smile and she was sowing in kindness and in, and in friendliness. And over time, that began to multiply. And then what we saw was that this lady was being friendly back and, and, and started, you know, it was interesting, even her whole demeanor changed. She started dressing a little bit differently because she was having a little more confidence in herself. It was just really interesting to see how Heather's smile and Heather's friendly demeanor like spread and multiplied. But the opposite is equally true. Have you ever noticed that when you walk into the room and somebody's grumpy or somebody's just like having a rough day or for whatever reason, they're just really down? And that like that somehow multiplies in the room, right? Now all of a sudden the whole tension is filled in the room. It kind of gets kind of just a downer all over the place. Whatever you plant multiplies into whatever it is you harvest. Um, I see this in my own marriage all the time. Like when I when I love Heather and I honor her and I respect her and I and I shower her with love and with you know I treat her well and I give her gifts and whatever, just all these. I let her know how much I love her. Let me tell you something, guys. That love is multiplied back to me in incredible measure. This is a law of God's world of God, God's economy of His nature. You reap what you sow, but God also multiplies whatever it is that you plant. And there was a book that was called The Compound Effect by a guy named Darren Hardy. Uh, and, and in this book, he's talking about this concept of co compounding and how when you add things together, it multiplies. And in the book, one of the things that he talks about is this very small, um, this, this small formula. It's smart, small choices plus consistency plus time. All right, so that's your formula. Smart, small choices plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. All right, so this is where the law of God's, of law, the law of God's economy of, of sowing and reaping and the concept of reaping more than you sow, how it, how it actually compounds on itself, okay? So small, smart choices plus consistency over time equals radical difference. And in the book, uh, Darren Hardy gives an example of three different people, and I want to walk you through them real quickly, of the compound effect of these three guys, okay? Let's just consider the fact that all three of these gentlemen have the same income, they live in the same neighborhood, they have the same body type, they're all kind of middle-aged dads, kind of like me, where they're hanging, holding a little bit extra in the middle area, okay? That dad bod world that, that everyone likes to talk about. So the first guy, his name is Sammy the Same, okay? Sammy the Same, uh, you can imagine, right? He's just the same guy. Uh, he complains about his life, but he isn't willing to do anything differently. So he literally makes no different choices in his life. He's Sammy the Same. We have Billy Better, okay? Billy Better makes small seemingly insignificant changes. He starts to, he wants to read his Bible more. So periodically, you know, every day he gets up and he reads like for like five minutes a day. Uh, he starts listening to some, maybe some podcasts or like leadership podcastings just because he's trying to get better in his life. He decides that he's going to cut only 125 calories out of his day, right? 
So he's just going to say, I'm not going to drink that soda. I'm going to not drink one soda that I normally would on a given day. So 125 calories out. And he's just going to eat maybe like a healthier snack instead of the cookies on a regular basis. He decides he wants to walk three times a week, just get up or maybe after work, go for a walk a few times a week. Not really any big changes, right? He's just did some things are so super, super small, right? And he's not really seeing any difference in his life. So he's tempted to quit. We're just going to pause there. So we have Sammy the same who didn't do anything different. Billy better who's making some small changes. And then we have Wally worse. Wally is making the opposite changes. He's made some small bad habit changes. He decides, you know, I'm just not feeling great. So he starts skipping church, right? He didn't come to church last week, kind of kind of skips once a month or so. Um, he chooses the unhealthy snack on the way home from work. He finds himself in the pattern now of, you know, getting a pack of donuts, um, you know, those like powdered sugared ones that you can get from like Little Debbie or whatever, right? He's now adding calories into his life. And then instead of like investing in any kind of any reading of books or listening to any podcast, he just plays video games and watches TV and just movies all the time. There's no investment in his mind or anything at all. So six months go by, right? And there's no noticeable difference. If any of you have ever been in a situation like this where you've been working out and you're feeling like for six months, nothing is happening. Like I'm not getting anywhere. There's no notable difference. But after 18 months, you start to tell a little bit of a difference, right? After you finally get started into this, two years down the road, two years and three months, change is startling. And I want to show you real quickly, this is from the book here, okay? Sammy the same, right? He sees absolutely no change in his life. Why? Because he didn't do anything. So some of us on the call today, some of us in this, in this are Sammy the same, where we look at our lives and we say, I'm so frustrated. I hate the fact that this always happens to me, but you didn't make any changes to your life and so you can't really look back. You're just reaping what you have sown, right? And then we look at Sammy or we look at Billy better. Did you know that over that same period of time, that two-year period of time, he consumed 117,500 fewer calories, 117,000 fewer calories, and he lost 33 pounds over the course of those two years just by making this tiny little change in his life. Wally Worse, on the other hand, consumed an additional 117,000 calories, 117,000 pounds. He gained 117,000 calories and gained 33 pounds. And that's a difference of 235,000 calories and the swing of 67 pounds between the two of them. Now, what was the difference between them? It wasn't that one was better than the other. It wasn't that one of them, you know, prayed harder. It wasn't that one of them, you know, comes from a better family or from a different neighborhood. They were all considered the same. The difference was consistency. Is that Billy better lost weight. He gained confidence in himself. His relationship with God grew. And this isn't just like about weight. Look at how it changes their life trajectory. Because he started to feel better about himself, he started to have a little bit more confidence, right? Because he started to spend time in the presence of God on a more regular basis, he began to begin to invest in the spaces. He felt better about himself. He went to church. He got involved into, into life groups, into serving on teams. Maybe he got promoted at work and he started to pay off his debt and he has a better marriage. Now, I recognize that all of this is like way big leaps and jumps, but you can see the trajectory of his life moving in a direction that he wants because he's taking intentional steps. He's sowing into something and reaping the benefits. What happened to Wally though? Wally, you could easily see the opposite for him. He gained weight. 
He lost confidence. He's drifting from God. His gaming addiction turned into an online gambling problem. His finances are a wreck and his marriage is hanging on by a balance on the thread. Now, listen, I understand it's a generalization. Please do not take that literally. I understand that there are a million choices that can take you to those places, but that's exactly the point of what I'm saying. The choices that we make the intentionality about it, the actions. What are we planting in our lives? You will always reap what you sow and you will always reap more than you sow. I think that Billy Better looked back two years backwards and thought, oh my gosh, I never thought I could be where I am today. But he did it and it wasn't like it happened overnight. It happened because he started making small, consistent changes consistently over time equals radical change. If you want a radical change in your finances, you want a radical change in your relationship with God, you want a radical change in your relationship with your significant other, you want a radical change in your work life, whatever it might be, it takes small changes over consistent time that brings that. It's not what you do occasionally, it's what you do consistently. If you don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. You reap what you sow, and you will always reap more than you sow. And the last one is that you reap after you sow. And this is a hard part of the law of reaping, of sowing and reaping. You always reap after you sow. Why do we get discouraged? It's because we don't see progress fast enough, right? Now, how long did it take in this story for, for, for Billy Better? Two years before he saw a meaningful, radical change in his life, right? We pray for five days straight. You go like, I prayed five days. Why don't I feel any closer to God? You know, or like, I went to the gym for two weeks in a row, but my quarantine 15 is still there. Like, this is what causes us frustration, right? Like, I, you're like, God, I made a change in my life. I walked around the block three times this week. Why am I not losing all this weight? Like, seriously, this is how we feel, right? You know, it's like, but God, I, I made the change. Like I always make this, this concept about coffee, like not buying the coffee, right? So here's, this is where you're gonna be like, Jared, you're such a hypocrite. Like I chose to not buy my Starbucks all month and I saved a hundred dollars. And imagine that you're $37,500 in school debt. Well, now I'm $37,400 less school debt. It doesn't feel like when you do these changes, like it makes that much of a difference. And it's frustrating. But here's the problem. We wrongly conclude that small decisions don't matter much. That's a wrong conclusion. Our entire life, and this is what I would say, our entire life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Our entire life and where it ends up and the things that we're good at and the things that we're not, the things that we've overcome and the areas that we wish we hadn't gone into are made up of the sum total of the small decisions that we make. Again, a big generalization, but mostly true. Yes, there are situations you cannot avoid. Yes, there are things and consequences of other people's actions that steer you in a direction that you did not intend. But whether or not you continue in the direction that you've been pushed off on is your choice, is my choice. Our entire life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. And in every action that we take, you are choosing a direction. If we start to think of our lives from that perspective, 
right? Now we'll start to say, I understand why I am where I am. I understand that even if I was born into a life circumstance, what I do next with it is my choice. So here's what we said, kind of like over the last couple of weeks, willpower doesn't always work, right? I try, 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 oh, and I lose it. What do we have to do? We have to depend on the spirit of God. We have to depend on the spirit of God. God, make me who you called me to be, who you say I am, right? Walking in the spirit, we're called to, to, to depend on God's spirit, to walk in step with him, not desiring the gratifying, gratifying the desires of our flesh. So we're like, but how do I do that consistently? That's where it's so important to spend time with God. The little details, don't give up. How do I not give up? You depend on God's spirit. How do I depend? Don't run out of gas. How do I not run out of gas? Go to the pump more frequently. How do I do that? Spending time, choosing the small, consistent moments over time with God. And in those spaces, God tells you who you are. He reminds you of your identity. You're not someone, you're not trying to become someone. You already are this person. You're training. You're not trying. God says you are a strong financial individual. God says that you are a smart uh, overcomer. God says that you're a warrior. God says that you're pure. God says that you're holy. That's who you are to him. You are training to become that way. You're training that. So I rely on God's spirit. I claim that identity. I say, this is who I am. I go to that, go to that fountain. I go to that source and I'm filling myself up so that I can depend on God's spirit. And by his spirit, I can choose what I want most over what I want now. You can't do it on your own. It's only through God. And so we have a tendency to want to judge our success based on the result. And that's why we get frustrated. We get really frustrated because we feel like for two months I've been going to the gym and I'm not seeing the success that I want. Why do I lo- why do I not look like that that you know ripped six-pack guy? You know, why do I not look like Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> like, why? Two months. So how do we judge success and not be discouraged? We don't judge our success by the sorry, we don't judge the success of the day by the harvest that we reap, but by the seeds that we sow. If we were to stop looking at our day by the result of our actions and instead looking at it at the source, what am I planting? Then we can trust in the process. If we judge the success of a given day on the, on what I planted, did I plant holiness today? Did I plant patience today? Did I plant joy today? Did I plant financial soundness? Did I make good financial choices? Did I love my wife? Did I serve my kids? Like, did I, did I do the work at, at my job to the best of my ability today? Did I do those things? Or did I take the easy way out? Did I cut the corners? Did I uh, act selfishly? Did I lose my temper? You know, did I, did I, did I spend more than I have in my bank account? Like, We don't judge the success of the day by the harvest that we reap, but instead by the seeds that we sow. And so the scripture that we read today says, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. This is a law that God has put into effect. You will reap what you sow. You will reap more than you sow. So you can know that you can look forward to your life will be dramatically different Because it doesn't just affect the area that you're talking about. It begins to affect every area of your life. That's why the story of Billy Better was, it wasn't just that he lost weight. The concept is that every decision that we make starts to affect every other area of our life. And you learn a skill of overcoming something through God's help that you can now apply to other areas of your life. 
right? So you reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you always reap in another season. You have to wait for it. You plant something in the fall and you reap it in the spring. That's always the way that it works. Your hard work, all of your disciplines, all of your sacrifices, all of your faithfulness, it's not being wasted, okay? Look what it says in Galatians 6, 9 at the end. So let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if you don't give up. If you don't give up, you will always reap after you sow. Everything that you have put into it, it's not for nothing. Like God is storing it up, right? It's not being wasted. He's storing it up until it's the right time. Think about when you boil water. You put a, a pot of water on, the, on a stove, right? Like 80 degrees, right? And then it starts to heat up to 100 degrees then 140 degrees, and then to 205 degrees, and then to 211 degrees, what happens? You, if you were to like take that water and pour it into a cup, what is it? It's really hot water, but it's not boiling water. But then something happens when it hits 212. Like something happens in that space, 212, it, the, the right reaction, the right moment, the boiling point hits and it starts to become something different. You will always reap after you sow. It takes time. It takes time. People like to think that the changes that we want to make in our lives, right? Like the changes that we want to overcoming the bad habits, to becoming the different person that we want, the marriage or the finances or the, or the, the parenting or the job or, or your health or whatever it is that happens overnight. It does not happen overnight. It has nothing to do with luck. It was faithfulness. It was consistency. And what they don't see are these things. If you have over, over, ever overcome something, if you've ever followed these steps in an area of your life, and I recognize that for some of us, one area is easier to make bad, good habits than others, okay? So every one of us are in different places. But if you have ever followed this process and God has helped you to become a different person in an area, you'll see this. Here are the things that people don't see in that transformation. They don't see you overcoming self-doubt. They don't see you overcoming failing and starting over again. They don't see all the prayer that went into it, all the fasting, all the seeking God, all the dependence upon him during that season and at that time of waiting. They don't see the early mornings. They don't see the late nights. They don't see the enduring of criticism that people kind of heap on you. They don't see the grind. They don't see the persistence. They don't see the private price, whatever you had to pay to get to that success in your life. They don't see the small, consistent choices and disciplines. It's the things that nobody sees but they're the results that everybody wants. And so that's really the point of today. All of this that we've been talking about the last few weeks. As I was looking into this series, I thought about the people in our church, every one of us, right? I know who you are. You know who I am. And I felt like this was a good message series for our church family because and this is not, this is not a moment of, of I'm better than anyone because it's not. This is that I'm in this together. And I felt like God wanted to speak this to our church family because sometimes we get stuck in ruts. Sometimes we get into places where we just are so up against what we like are facing that we can't see any other way. And what I want to tell you today and what this whole series is about is that there is more. There is a better life. There is better for you and for me in areas of our life that have always been struggles. 
And I'm not even saying that you will ever 100% overcome everything. It doesn't mean that because of the areas of finances, the areas of strength for Heather and I, I've been honest with you about, about my struggles with lust earlier in my life, right? Like, it's not to say that because now I'm 40 and I've come through a long way that I don't still struggle with this. No, I have, I have learned how to fight it. I have learned how to battle it. I've put habits in my life and guardrails that have protected me. I've learned that. I've learned the same thing with our finances. That doesn't mean that I don't still have the temptation to spend the money that I don't have or when I want something and I don't have the money to get it. It doesn't mean that. So I'm not saying to you that you're going to 100% like just overcome it. It's going to be never an issue. What I am saying is you cannot let your struggles be an excuse for why you can't make progress in your area of life. God has more for you, but you have to choose to want to make the small consistent changes over time. You have to learn what, that you will reap what you sow and take that hard look and through the power of God in your life. Are you willing to make the changes? Are you willing to spend time in the presence of God and allow him to speak into you in order for those changes to take place over time? Don't give up. Don't grow weary. You will reap the harvest if you don't give up. And so what I want to say to you is this, keep praying, keep, keep praying for whatever it is that you are, are praying for. Keep giving, keep serving, keep believing for God's best in your life. Keep fighting to stay pure in your relationships with others, with your marriage or in your relationship with God. If you're fighting off some kind of an addiction, tomorrow is another day. Get back up and keep walking, keep seeking God. Keep getting up earlier. Keep carving out time out of your day. Keep staying a little bit late to do the thing that you need to do. Keep pushing yourself. Keep doing the extra reps at work or at the gym. Keep saying yes to the right things. Keep saying no to the wrong things. Keep saving your money. Keep chipping away at your debt. Keep showing back up over and over and over again. It's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight, but you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for your word. And right now, I pray against, even right now, lies that would seek to distract us or would seek to take away the truth of your word. One of your laws of sowing and reaping. A man reaps what he sows. God, would you Holy Spirit, I give you permission in my life, and each of you do that yourself. I give you permission to speak truth to me. God, would you show us the areas of our lives that we're harvesting and help us to see and look at it and just see which, which areas of our lives are we not happy with the harvest, what we're reaping? Would you show us the seeds that we're planting that are causing that? It is a simple cause and effect. We will reap what we sow. And the truth of the matter, God, is that if we don't like what we're harvesting, then we have to change what we're sowing. God, would you show us what that means? Give us divine inspiration in those areas. Help us to spend time with you, to carve out time, to grow close to you, to learn to walk with you, to depend on your spirit, that you would uh, show us our identity. And in that space, from our identity in Christ, 
that we would have the power through the spirit to make the choices of what we want most over what we want now. Help us to see that perspective so that we can have the changes consistently over time that will result in the areas of life that we're looking for progress. Encourage us today, God. Lift us up. Let us not give up. Let us not grow weary. And we will have the promise of that we will reap the harvest in due time if we do not give up. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.